six words or sentences or phrases. One is always, never, right? Another one is um, nothing, never mind. Third one is why? Fourth one is you made me, she made me. It's your fault. If you hadn't done this, I wouldn't have done that. Fifth is you should. You should be more caring. You should be more involved. You should be this. You should. Nobody has to be anything. Talk about what you're feeling and needing rather than the other person and what they should be. Finally, whatever you want. Ask for what it is that you do want or say, I'm a little overwhelmed right now. Let's take a break and talk later. Welcome to Wiseish. On this show, we combine modern neuroscience with ancient wisdom so you can master your emotions, heal your relationships, and pass on a legacy that you're proud of. I'm your host, Dr. Kavita. I'm a Harvard-trained physician and a double board certified psychiatrist. And my passion is to teach you the tools that help me create the life of my dreams. Let's get started. Today, we're going to talk about six words that really hurt relationships. Um, but you guys know that I have been doing this for several years now and I've worked with hundreds of physicians, right? And um, I've noticed a pattern, right? We all, when we've been in a field of work for a while, we start noticing patterns. And these six words often pop up in relationships that are struggling, Okay, so I want to share that with you because now I almost um, I almost use it as a uh, kind of a barometer to um, check on the severity of uh, how stuck a relationship is. I use it as a diagnostic tool, basically. So let me share with you what those six things are. Okay. So the six words that I want you guys to listen for, especially over the holidays when, you know, holidays are often a time when um, there's a lot of, you know, family and and um, time with one another and, you know, eating meals together, which is a very primal bonding activity for most cultures, right? But it's also a time where we can step on each other's toes, where there's a lot of stress right? With having to get things done a certain way. There's grief for many of us who may be remembering um, people that are no longer in our lives, maybe have passed away even, that we're not able to celebrate this holiday with, or people that uh, we, you know, long for, or relationships that have hurt us, that have some sort of trigger around the holidays. So basically, it's a time of uh, strong feelings, right? Positive and um, hard feelings. And so I wanted to share because this kind of stress and change, even positive change, is still hard for most of us. And these kind of words often come up during times of stress. So the six words, all right? The first one, the first one is... You guys probably know this one. This is uh, being talked about and written about. So people have heard this before is always and never. Okay, I'll count them as one because if you are saying always a lot, you're probably saying never a lot. They sort of go hand in hand, right? Okay, most of us have. 
where we get frustrated or hurt in a relationship and we go into this he's always doing this and she's always doing that and he never ever appreciates what i do and she never ever you know does more than her fair share of the chores he never ever you know initiates uh physical intimacy she never ever whatever it is we very much get into always and never when there is hurt i want you to hear that when there is hurt those are the operative words what it actually means is not that that other person is always this or always that it only means that there is some hurt in the relationship some resentment that is built up some trust that has been lost that is having you put on those lens the the lens that with which you're viewing that person that relationship has gotten solid over time okay so if you or someone in your life often use the word always and never rather than get caught up in what they're saying right and get defensive no i don't always mess up the turkey <laughs> don't get caught up in the content notice that that's just a barometer of how much resentment and um hurt and lack of trust there is in the relationship that's all it is it's a tool for diagnosis of resentment and trust um always and never right uh so we want to think about what is it that we actually want to say because there's hurt and resentment and this is just spilling over from this okay so we want to learn how to get deeper and we'll learn that during the communication challenge is how to actually figure out what it is that is underneath this resentment and lack of trust so we're not just talking on a superficial level because that just ends up in criticizing and somebody getting defensive it doesn't go anywhere am i right okay so that's the first one always never okay the second one is um nothing never mind <laughs> okay i laugh because i was a master at the nothing and never mind that's still somewhat my go to because i tend to uh get pulled towards defensiveness when i'm triggered so oftentimes <laughs> Yes, 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 always and never. And I was saying Carly, when you hear always and never either from yourself or in your thoughts or your spouse saying it, it is just a barometer for how much resentment and hurt there is in the relationship. It is just a diagnostic tool for that. So rather than get caught up in, you know, arguing back and forth about whatever that content is that day, pull back and notice, ah, this means that there's hurt and resentment built up in the relationship. Yes. <laughs> Holiday time. That's right. The second one is nothing never mind, right? This is when we um are feeling shut down and kind of emotionally overwhelmed at the same time. A lot of people don't know that shut down is actually synonymous with emotional overwhelm. Okay? Even though if your spouse is a kind of 
person who shuts down a lot, it looks like they don't care. It looks like they're just like, ah, whatever, and ignoring you. But actually, they're physiologically more agitated than you are. Okay? Um, and if you are the person who tends to shut down, this goes for you too. You need to learn how to soothe your physiology. Yes, Martin Mary uh, off and Timotina often have the nothing, never mind mindset cat. Okay, that's their thought process. Nothing, never mind. It's okay, whatever. It's fine, nothing. And it actually worsens the cycle because now there is no honesty in the relationship and there is no way for the other person to mind read you. And so they will poke more to try to get something out of you. No one's winning with a nothing, never mind thing. Okay. Some of us actually say nothing, never mind, I'm fine. Some of us will not say those words, but will behave as if, never mind, it's okay, it's fine, whatever. I'll just I'll just go over there. It's all variations of the same, whether you're the person who says it out loud or if you are a person who acts it out loud, <laughs> it's the same thing. Okay. The third one is why. This one, a lot of people are, you know, taken aback by. People think, and I used to as well for a long time, that asking why is a good idea. But you know what happens? Let me give you an example, okay? You're, let's say, um, you know, I'll just take cat because that's, you're the person who I can see your last comment is cat. So I'll just, you know, use cat as an example. Let's say cat says to me, I feel um, overwhelmed and lonely. And I say, why? What does that signify? What am I uh, conveying to Kat in that moment? Anyone, including Kat, take a stab at this. Tell me if Kat said, I'm feeling overwhelmed and annoyed. And I say, why? What am I conveying in that? Why? Clueless. Yes, I'm clueless. And not only am I clueless, I'm kind of saying that your feelings are a tiny bit crazy. You're exaggerating. Yes, that your feelings don't matter. That you are um, making a mountain out of a molehill. Right? Exactly, exactly, you guys. Why is not a useful question to ask someone when they're sharing something. All it does is give them a feeling that they aren't thinking straight in some way. Does that make sense? And we're all guilty of it. Your spouse might do it to you. Likely you do it to your spouse or your kids as well. We all get into saying, why are you getting this mad over this? Or why are you so annoyed all the time? Or why do you always, you know, get mad at uh, Johnny? How do you respond to that? We will get into that in depth in the communication challenge, Laura, but I'll give you a little hint. If you are the person asking why and you catch yourself, 
I want you to substitute with what, how, where, literally anything other than why. What, why, how, where, and which, right? Anything other than why, you can choose any one of the four things. And that will uh, allow the other person to um, share their perspective rather than get shut off. Okay. Now, if someone is doing you, um, I don't really get too much into uh, terms like gaslighting, Denise. I'll tell you why. I'm not saying that there is not gaslighting. There definitely is. But I think we very much um, over-diagnose narcissism and uh, gaslighting in our day-to-day relationships, okay? The, the percentage by research of the prevalence of narcissists doesn't match how many of us think that we live with narcissists. Not just us, our spouses think the same too, okay? So I try not to get into the gaslighting and narcissism and borderline and uh, dramatic and those kind of judgmental terms. What it actually tends to signify is the other person has no clue and what they're trying is to try to understand. But the way they're coming across is that the other person ends up feeling less than. Okay, in some way um, that their feelings don't matter. The person asking why often doesn't mean anything other than, but why would you think that? I, I wouldn't have thought that. How did you get there? That's what they're trying to convey, but it doesn't come across that way. So, Laura, great question. Yes, you're right. He probably thinks he's being helpful. And um, when he says, why do you, why do you feel that way? I would actually say, do you really, would you really like to know? Because that will take the train that is derailed off into why to back to curiosity. Do you really want to know? I would love to share with you. Do you really want to know? And be okay if he says, not really. Okay, fine. But now at least you're clear. If he says, yes, I do, then he comes back into curiosity and you can share from a place of curiosity. You're welcome, my friend, Denise. Laura, is that um, helpful? Does that make sense? So when someone in your life, if, because they're not listening to these things, they might say, but why? All that signifies is we're losing track of curiosity and we just want to come back to curiosity. So you can bring that train back by saying, actually, I'm really touched that you asked. Do you really want to know, honey? I have some thoughts on that. I would love to share if you're truly open to, to hearing some, some of my thoughts. And now the train is back in on track. Okay. So Laura, another thing you can say is I'm not sure why is as helpful for me as uh, like, when do I feel this or how long have I felt this? 
those kind of questions, I think, help deepen the conversation. Um, why? Because of a lot of things, and I'd be glad to share with you if you're truly, truly willing to listen. Okay, so keep your cool, hold on to your truth. Don't just take on that why and be like, ah, now my feelings matter. Stay steady within and think, what is this signifying? Ah, the, the conversation is going sideways. Let me bring it back on track. Gently, lovingly say, I would love to share why. I have some thoughts. Do you have some time? Are you really asking? Would you really like to know? And if he says yes, now he is bound to have a curiosity-based conversation. Okay. All right, so I'll stop there with that one. Um, I have lots more thoughts about that, but we will get into that in detail in the challenge. The third, one, the fourth one that does not help is you made me, or she made me, or he made me. Okay, and those of you in HYR, you know how relentless I am about having you take ownership in a loving way, strong back, open heart. <laughs> yeah, Mega. That, when I say, do I need to tell you why? We are actually telling them that they're the problem. So just like we don't like it when somebody implies that we're the problem, we don't want to do that as well. <laughs> okay. So I would just be very open and honest and say, actually, I think I have some thoughts on why I'm having this feeling. Would you be open to listening? You want to bring that train back into curious, loving space rather than just because he derailed a little bit, don't pull the train, you know, worse off the track. <laughs> okay. So the fourth one is she made me, he made me, you made me, they made me. I have a saying, if no one had a gun to your head at the time that you said or did X, Y, and Z, then nobody made you. You did it. You said it. Even if the other person is screaming, they're not making you do anything. It may be that you get triggered when that happens and then you lose sight of your frontal lobe and then you end up blurting things that you don't mean. But you see, those are two different ways of describing it. One is you made me or she made me versus I get overwhelmed and sort of freeze and end up saying and doing X, Y, and Z. Neither is blaming. The first one, sorry, the first one is blaming, right? Is blaming the other person. But the second one is not blaming of either person. It's not saying I'm bad because I got triggered. It's not saying you made me do anything. It's just describing a neutral situation. You were overwhelmed and then some of the things that you said triggered me and I got overwhelmed and both of us didn't respond or react great. That is different than you made me, you, you know, should like, it was because of you. 
Krishna, I'm not sure what that means, my friend. Can you explain that a little bit more? How about if they ask passive aggressive way, like if you want to ask or talk, whatever? Not sure what that means. Can you um, can you elaborate on that for me? So that's a fourth thing that's going to hurt relationships. You made me, she made me, he made me. The fifth one is you should. Okay, I had a... Um, uh, I had a mentor when I was in residency and um, we would go to our mentor's uh, private practice sometimes. She had a private practice and uh, we would discuss cases, right? And she's still a good friend of mine. Um, she came from my wedding and everything. She, big presence in my life. But back then I just knew her as a mentor. And I remember walking into her office and I think it was the second or third time when I was in her office that I noticed that she had this little plaque on, she, you know, there was a bookshelf behind her and there was a plaque right next to her head, right behind her. And it said, don't shoot on me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> don't shoot on me. It's like saying, don't shit on me. Right. Um, yeah. Any example I have, um, spoken to people who were like, well, I didn't really want a third kid. He made me or she made me. I didn't really want to move. He made me. I didn't really want to um, stop having kids. She made me. I didn't want to, um, you know, have my in-laws living with us. He made me. The other person may have had a strong opinion in that case, but no one can make you do anything. Maybe you got overwhelmed, didn't know how to ask for what you want and, and have boundaries. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Nobody's to blame, but we don't want to get into, I had no power. I had no say. I was just, you know, completely a rag doll and you are to blame. How to change how we say that. Take ownership. I did not, I, um, let's say, for example, uh, you wanted a third child and your husband did not. And so you, you let it go and you were like, all right, we won't have a third child. And then three years later, you're like, no, I really want a third child. Instead of saying, you made me not have a third child and now I want one, take ownership and say, you didn't want a third child and I did, but I didn't speak up loud enough or insist back then. So how are you supposed to know? I let you make that decision and that is on me. And I apologize. I actually do want to have a third child. Yes. We come into this world alone and we die alone. Yes. So abandoning yourself doesn't get you anywhere. You come with you, you leave with you, right? Okay. Uh, Yogi, does that help? Uh, I'm not, I, I still don't get, um, Krishna, what that your question is. Could you rephrase the question for me? How do you respond when that is said to you? Uh, you made me. Right. If that's what you're asking, you just say, I don't know that I have that kind of power. I don't. I wish 
I was talking with someone, um, I was talking with, uh, who was that? Geetika, okay, earlier. And we were talking about how we want to say when the other person says, you made me, you knew it, you did it on purpose and stuff. If you genuinely did not, to actually say, I wish I had that kind of power. I wish I had that kind of power that I could make you or anyone do something. I can barely get myself to do some of the things that I want to do. I know that I had a strong opinion on it, but I genuinely thought that you were okay to go along with it. I can't make you or anyone do anything. Does that make sense? So we are fully responsible for our decisions without blaming ourselves. It's okay. You didn't know that before. Now you know that going forward, take full ownership of your decisions. Sometimes we yell and swear or sulk and don't talk to someone. And we say it's because you started it. Doesn't matter what the other person is doing. You are still responsible for your um, head, shoulders, knees and toes, right? Nobody can make us do anything. Oh, I see what you mean. Um, let me try to read your... Yeah, so he's not totally shutting down. What do you mean that he's not participating in the conversation? Are you... It may be true that he doesn't really have much to say about that and doesn't have strong feelings about that. As long as he's willing to sit and listen to you, I think that's fair. He does not need to have the level of urgency or feeling about something that you have. You're two different people. He is going to worry about different things. You worry about different things. He may not think that your concern is something that bugs him or is of big concern to him. That's fine. As long as he's willing to hear you out. Right? Hope that makes sense. Okay. And the final sixth one that I've seen right, which never ever helps, is whatever you want, okay? Do you want to put the kids in Montessori or uh, public school? I don't know, whatever you want. Do you want to have um, uh, the Patels over for dinner? I don't know, whatever you want. Should I have my mom come for Christmas? I don't know, whatever you want. <laughs> that usually signals that we do have an opinion about it, but we're not willing to share in that moment. Here's the interesting thing. That is okay. It is okay if you don't want to share in the moment. Just say that. I'm not sure I want to talk about that right now. I need to think through it before we talk. Can, can we talk about this tomorrow? Totally fine. Do not abandon yourself. Don't force yourself to have an opinion if you don't or you need some extra time. Yes. Yes, exactly. Whatever, right? We all do. I did it earlier today, you guys. I caught myself after a few minutes, but I did it earlier today. Whatever, do whatever you want. 
it's another way of saying, you're not going to listen to me anyway, so whatever. And it comes from hurt because we think, oh, my opinion doesn't matter. Krishna, if he says whatever you want, right? It may, we, we, I would have to know more of the context to understand whether maybe he literally does not care and he's okay with whatever you want to do. Yes, 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 exactly. We've all done that. Whatever you want, if you tend to say whatever you want, then pause and ask for what you do want. Okay, if your partner tends to do this, yeah, exactly. If your partner tends to do this, think about maybe they genuinely doesn't matter to him or her. Maybe they really don't care, right? They're like, I literally am okay with um, this or this for dinner. I literally am okay with Wednesday or Saturday for the Patels coming over. If they it may be that they literally do not care and they're okay with either one. In that case, if it bugs you, that means you want to have more of a discussion. And instead of making that the other person's fault, yeah, instead of making that the other person's fault, you should care. See, that falls into the you shoulding. Ask them. Make a, I would just ask them. Honey, do you really, truly not care if I make either decision? Or are you feeling like a little overwhelmed right now and you'd rather talk about it later? Just ask them. So Krishna, I would not, uh, here's my suggestion. It's much easier to ask somebody than to make presumptions. Okay. So for example, you probably have some body language as well that for some reason is, is ticking him off. It's a bi-directional thing. When two people don't feel so great in a conversation, both of their body language will be off a little bit. That means that connection and trust is off. And if you can, I would reestablish that even with a, you know, a small squeeze of the hand with, or with a, you know, no, I don't want to do whatever because I know this is important to you. So I want you to choose. I know sometimes I can steamroll. I love it. Flexi care. Flexi care. I love it. Right. So try to step away from mind reading the other person and making up stories because that's what he's doing as well. And you're doing that too. And it's not helping. Instead, just come out and say, do you genuinely not mind if I make the decision for us? Or is it that you're a little overwhelmed and you do have an opinion, but you want to talk about it later? Either one is fine with me. I just really want to know. Mega, uh, long, relentless argument. By the time you get there, you have no frontal lobe. So you got to stop it way ahead of time. Why are you having those long, relentless arguments in the first place? How were you supposed to think creatively and compassionately after a long, relentless argument? No one can. So what we teach in HYR, which you're going to learn, right, is that early on, we check in with our physiology 
and we take a break so that we're not both of us pushing and escalating to a point that we cannot think at all. So if you're doing that a lot at the end of a long, relentless argument, then the long, relentless argument is the problem and we need to stop that. Um, So basically, quick review, six words or sentences or phrases. One is always, never, right? Another one is um, nothing, never mind. Third one is why. Fourth one is you made me, she made me. It's your fault. If you hadn't done this, I wouldn't have done that. Fifth is you should. You should be more caring. You should be more involved. You should be this. You should. Nobody has to be anything. Talk about what you're feeling and needing rather than the other person and what they should be. And finally, whatever you want. Ask for what it is that you do want or say, I'm a little overwhelmed right now. Let's take a break and talk later. Same thing if somebody else is saying that, ask them, do you really mean whatever you want, meaning you literally don't care and you don't mind what I pick? Or are you just feeling overwhelmed and would you like to talk about it later? Ask them. Do not make presumptions. Just ask. Okay? Any questions on that? Can someone put it in the chat, the six questions, the six phrases that I just shared? Because when you actually turn it over in your head and type it out, you will be more likely to remember it. So type in the six phrases that I shared or whatever you remember of the six phrases. Always, never, perfect. Yes, you should. Yep. Nothing, never mind. Perfect. Why? He made me. That's right. Why? Whatever you want. Never mind. You should. Why? Always, never. You, he, she. They made me. Brilliant. These six things I have seen repetitively get couples um, or any relationship, whether it's you and your mom, right? Whether it's you and your teenage child. Why, 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 why? These questions, these phrases keep us stuck. So whether you're doing them sometimes or your partner's doing them sometimes, let's try to shift out of that dance, right? I don't care, whatever, you do whatever you want. Sometimes they don't really care. Sometimes we're just feeling upset and uh, as if our opinions don't matter and so we go to whatever, Like I said, I did that earlier today. So we've all done these things. There is always something to be thankful for. Don't forget that as you um, spend time with your families over the next few days. And if you are grieving, know that that is completely normal and it is part and parcel of the waves on the ocean of life. Know that we are with you. I am with you. I am also... I. I'm grieving some things as well, so um, I am with you on that as well, okay? Big hugs, okay? Brilliant. I love you guys. Bye. Thank you so much for spending time with me today. I hope that you enjoyed the show and that you're leaving with some great takeaways and maybe even some breakthroughs. 
If you're ready to master these tools and apply them to your life, come join us in Mastery. It's our monthly membership program where we help you customize these tools to your life. Plus, we coach you and support you along the way. You can get all the details at bit.ly forward slash masters of fate. That's one word, no space, masters of fate. bit.ly forward slash masters of fate. The link is in the show notes. I hope to see you there.